The Fed holds steady GM invest big and is general dynamics a buy. This is the running with the money podcast. Let's get into it. And welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. And, well, what a crazy, choppy day here in the 94th episode of the pod. Either way, the Dow Jones down 265 points in NASDAQ, down 33. S&P 500 down 22 in the VIX. Well, that's up 6.64% after a massive day because at 2 p.m. today, we got a major Fed announcement, the Fed meeting, that two-day meeting that started yesterday, officially ended. And well, we got a lot of information, but what did the Fed do? Well, at the end of the day, they pretty much did nothing. The Fed Reserve on Wednesday, in essence, uh, raised their expectations for inflation, while at the same time, slightly bringing forward the uh, time frame for the next raise, but they did not talk about tapering. Um, well, they actually talked about talked about tapering. They did not talk about tapering anytime soon, um, and they really did not move up any major tapering whatsoever. In fact, no specific dates what at all, really no changes. Um, so if we really take a look at the meeting, uh, the central bank feds, they gave absolutely zero indication as to when um, they will begin cutting back on, as you know, those major bond buying programs. They've been buying something like $130 billion in bonds and assets every single month. And supposedly, um, no date on when that will end. They're going to continue doing that. Um, and Jerome Powell, he said, unquote, you can think of this meeting that we had as the, quote, talking about talking about meeting. Um, he went on to say, uh, in essence, uh, that, you know, the Fed's not looking to do anything. This was a no-change meeting. This was pretty much just a catch-up. And, you know, the market really didn't expect this. Now, um, the Fed's also kept near-term interest rate pretty much zero, um, and they left it at the benchmark. And then also officials did say, or they indicated, that those rate hikes um, could come as soon as 2023 now, not 2024, which they said last time. Um, so they moved up possibly a year. This isn't even like, you know, they said could come as soon as 2023. They did not say, yeah, we're going to raise rates in 2023. Now, going uh, official to official, um, they often do this so-called dot plot, and they go through and they ask individual members or individual members we get a consensus from as well. Now, out of that, um, a few of the Fed members said they expect two hikes in 2023, um, but Jerome Powell and many of the leaders over there saying, you know what, we really don't see that, um, and we think we are on the right pace at the moment, so no changes until 2023 at least. Um, so this really should have been good for the market, um, but what happened? Well, of course, it all sold off. The Fed continues to say that inflation will rise. In fact, they increased their inflation expectation to 3.4%, um, and they also you know, said, we believe it's transitory, but there's going to be much higher inflation over the next few months and years up until we start to tighten significantly, which 2023, 2024. So we still have quite a long time until that happens. Um, and really, if you take a look uh, today, 
We had James McCann, the deputy economist at Albertine uh, Standard Investments. He said, quote, the Fed is now signaling that rates will need to rise sooner and faster with their forecast suggesting two hikes in 2023. This change in stance jars a little with the Fed's recent claims that the recent spike in inflation is temporary. And I agree with that comment. So really, you take a look at what the Fed is saying. And they continue to say, Jerome Powell continues to say that inflation is simply transitory. But if they are already and they're taking a look and they're raising those inflation expectations and they're saying that they're going to need to tighten quite a bit in 2023 and 2024, would that not imply that inflation is actually going to be higher um, when they start to tighten, that they're going to have to start tightening due to the inflation levels? Uh, that, that's kind of my take on it. Um, so in essence, what do we have over the next six months until we get to the next major Fed meeting? Well, we pretty much have a market in which inflation is going to continue to move to the upside. Rates are going to continue to stay low. And that is honestly, um, in my opinion, good for the market. So what do you want to do? Well, industrials are going down. The financials were actually mostly flat today. A lot of those inflation-friendly names, even energy was somewhat red today, are solid to buy. As long as inflation continues to move to the upside and the economy continues to recover over the course of the next six months, it's a pretty good area um, for you to be. In fact, inflation-friendly, in my opinion, is a very solid place to be over the course of the next six months because at the end of the day, the Fed literally has pretty much said today that they're going to let inflation run hot. And not only are they going to let it run hot, but they even raised their expectations. They maxed them out. Um, and now they're expecting some of the highest inflation that we've seen in over a decade. So definitely something to pay attention to there. But at the same time, as they keep backing the markets, we had someone like Paul Tudor Jones say that with this backing of the market, the NASDAQ can continue the roar to the upside as well. So what am I liking right now? I'm liking those big growth tech names, your Apple, your Microsoft, your FANG stocks. But at the same time, the industrials and the financials and the energy and those inflation-friendly names and the REITs are dipping. They're, prevent they're presenting a short-term opportunity on news that what they're friendly to, inflation, is just going to continue to move to the upside. So in my opinion, a barbell strategy is perfect for the next six months. In essence, 50% of your portfolio is inflation-friendly as inflation continues to move to the upside. And at the same time, you can also get in on those growth names as the NASDAQ pushes the upside because rates are so low and the Fed keeps backing the market and the economy that tech should also have a pretty good growth, should also have a pretty good area to expand and grow and move to the upside in. So overall, it's in my opinion, some could say um, the best of both worlds when it comes to the relationship between growth and inflation. So uh, growth and inflation friendly. So overall, um, really a big nothing burger. The market thought it was going to be something massive. And now they're just making a big deal out of the fact that a few of the members of the Fed are saying that, you know, they expect some interest rate hikes in 2023, but they didn't even talk about tapering um, down those bond purchases either. So definitely something to pay attention to there. A big day. Um, now, we also had a fixed income strategist or the head of fixed income at Charles Schwab, Kathy Jones, say, quote, if you're going to get two rate hikes in 2023, you have to start tapering fairly soon to reach that goal. That's true. But that doesn't mean we're going to see tapering in 2021. And that doesn't mean that we have to see tapering, you know, in early 2022. So at least for the next six to seven months, 
you could argue that inflation is going to be quite high and it's going to continue to move to the upside and that possibly Paul Tudor Jones saying go in on the inflation trade was correct because the Fed's going to let inflation run hot. That's simply my opinion on what we are seeing out of the Fed. They are letting inflation run hot as they continue to bolster the economy and try to get people back to work and bolster jobs. And not to mention the fact that in a few months, within the next two, three months, I believe a lot of those benefits from COVID-19 are going to go away. COVID-19 is going to go away. Um, so, you know, you really pay attention to the overall markets and we're in an economic recovery, which is doing moderately well and which is great for the industrials and, you know, the sysicals. And at the same time, we have inflation that is going to run hot, which is also good for inflation friendly names such as the big banks or for instance, industrials or REITs, those type names. So overall, we're in a scenario where the market is going to continue to be backed. It's going to continue to be supported. The recovery is going to continue to be supported. And that is great for not only big growth, but it's also good for those inflation-friendly names. So, you know, why not have a barbell portfolio where you have big growth on one side and inflation-friendly on the other, and you benefit from both of those trends? That is simply my opinion. Um, I could be 100% wrong. Who knows? Inflation could truly be transitory, um, and inflation could not run as hot as we are expecting, but many expect it to continue to run hot. The Fed even raising, you know, their expectations by quite a darn bit. Um, so I do believe inflation is going to be significant over the next six months. And that is good for the inflation-friendly names. So that is how I am positioning, and that is how I am recommending people position. Barbell strategy, one side inflation-friendly, the other side growth. Um, and a lot of that growth is in the NASDAQ, and the NASDAQ could keep moving up if the markets continue to be stimulated by the Fed as they currently are. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day. There's a few major ones. We got one, uh, Morgan Stanley reiterating General Motors as overweight. I like that. Some news on General Motors that we're going to get into in a minute. Um, And then this goes into the recovery trade. Wolf upgraded Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, and Carnival to outperform from peer perform. I like this. This goes to show that analysts are starting to warm up to the recovery trades again. Um, and possibly the recovery is still on. And also that upgrade is likely due to the fact that now Americans can go back to Europe. They can travel to Europe without having anything special. You can just go to, go on vacation in Europe. Um, pretty much Europe is starting to open up to other countries, even the U.S. Um, and the U.S. is now on the safe lift safe list once again. So this is good news for the travel names such as Norwegian, Carnival, and Royal Caribbean. So definitely a note there. Now, FedEx was reiterated as overweight by Steffens. Um, we also got a call here on Cleveland Cliffs. JP Morgan initiates Cleveland Cliffs as overweight and transferred coverage of U.S. Steel as underweight. I like this. Cleveland Cliffs, excellent company. And the valuation at Cleveland Cliffs is ridiculously low. You take a look at Cleveland Cliffs at the moment, it's currently sitting at 2266. And we just mentioned the fact that the Fed has raised their expectations for inflation and that inflation will likely continue for the next six months. Cleveland Cliffs is a steel company. They'll benefit from that. Um, and if we take a look here, the price to forward price to earnings is like all the way down by five times. It's ridiculously low compared to a lot of other names. In fact, the exact number on that, yeah, they're trading at a forward PE of 11.21 times. I apologize, not five but 11.21, they were at five just a few weeks ago. Crazy. But the Ford PE, 11.21 times. Steel is inflating. Um, and at the end of the day, the country is also recovering. And this is all in the midst of the fact that we are getting more and more 
positive on an impossible inflation, uh, not infrastructure deal being made over there in the House and Senate. So I like to see that. If we get an infrastructure deal, we get inflation over the next six months and the economy continues to rebound. Tell me that Cleveland Cliffs will not benefit because I believe that will create some benefits there. Now, we also have a reiteration on Nike by Morgan Stanley at Overweight. We've talked about Nike. We talked about Nike in the last episode. It's a great name. Um, They do have some shortage issues, and they have had some shipping issues, mostly going from Asia to the United States. But I believe the company long-term will pull through it. That's simply a short-term issue, um, and it's a great company to hold for the long-term. And then Jefferies added Amazon. To their franchise picks list. I love it. Actually, I added to Amazon today. I like Amazon. And JP Morgan reiterated Amazon today as well as overweight. So I take a look at Amazon. And this stock, we've talked about it plenty of times in the past few weeks, has been flat, flat, flat. In fact, it's been flat since what? I mean, we go back darn near 12 months. It's been flat since July, July of 2020. So we're pushing a year of choppy action within a range of 34.50 all the way down to 3000. So I like Amazon. I think you can buy it here for the long term. I especially liked it just a few weeks ago. We'll see if Amazon breaks out of this um, range bound here. Um, I'd be looking for a breakout right around 3,500. If it breaks through 3,500 and pushes and holds over 3550, I'm going to get very excited and I expect the stock to continue to move to the upside, possibly pushing to 4,000 by the end of the year. Who knows? Now, shifting out of the biggest analyst calls, I want to talk about GM. So GM, they're doing some big things over there. So they have announced today that they increased their spending on electric and autonomous vehicles um, to $35 billion, and that is through 2025, um, and that's roughly a 30% increase from the original plan that GM and management uh, announced a year ago, last year. Um, And not only are they increasing uh, their spend, but they're also building two new U.S. battery plants. Love it. Um, In fact, on quote from CNBC, the higher spending will include plans to accelerate its production of its battery and fuel cell technologies, planning two new U.S. battery plants. I like it. Um, And the fact that GM is getting so big into the batteries, this is what I really like. I take a look at GM, and they are following the Tesla model. They're building out a brand that is all in on electric, that manufactures their own batteries, which I love. And then they're also constantly trying to improve their battery technology. They're not outsourcing their battery technology. Um, very similar to Tesla. In fact, GM, I believe, is also, in the long run, looking to become a GM, uh, battery supplier to other major auto companies. Really like this. Now, the company also said that they're expecting earnings of $8.5 to $9.5 billion in the first half of the year, um, which is not bad, but the inflation and the shortages are causing some issues over there at GM. In fact, on quote, General Motors expects the ongoing semiconductor chip shortage and rising inflation to increase its expenses during the second half of the year by $3 billion. So some cost increases due to inflation and mostly those semiconductor chip shortages that we've been hearing about now for years, uh, feels like years, but months. Um, and then these increasing costs will likely dig into earnings. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of companies are facing the same issue. And GM has actually said just a few weeks ago that the semiconductor chip shortages were actually improving. So hopefully by the end of the year, these issues are fixed. 
But I think the positives here outweigh the bads on GM. I took a look at GM stock, and it did get a bump today. It's currently trade. It only got a 1.56% bump on excellent news. It traded as high as 64-ish. Um, but I like GM long. I think this stock can continue to move to the upside. It's currently trading at a price to earnings of under 10 times, 9.99 times. I like GM. I think it continue to move to the upside, and I like this electric uh, vehicle news. Electric vehicles, well, it's going to be the next big thing, the next big shift. Whether you like it or not, electric vehicles are clearly the future, um, and that is where all the major autos companies are going. And given the government regulation that is literally forcing these auto companies to get rid of fossil fuel um, vehicles and start developing electric vehicles. I think that's going to be the major push. Um, and I think eventually you see that you can't even manufacture fossil fuel vehicles at all, um, possibly within the next 10 years. So that's definitely something to pay attention to there. General dynamics. We got to talk about it. So here's our individual company breakdown. If you want to read along, go to running with the You get all of our breakdowns completely free under the analysis tab. But let's take a look at General Dynamics. So General Dynamics, ticker symbol GD, is a major aerospace and defense company that provides products for a bevy of areas, including business aviation, weapons systems, combat vehicles, and so much more. Breaking down General Dynamics by segment, the company operates within four core segments, aerospace, marine systems, combat systems, and the technology segment. Now, the company is led by CEO Phoebe Novavik. I hope I pronounced that right, uh, or Novakovic. Uh, and she joined uh, General Dynamics in 2002, working her way up to CEO and president in 2012. Now, what is most impressive about Phoebe is the fact that she was actually the special assistant to the secretary and deputy secretary of defense from 1997 to 2001. Um, and she became CEO in 2012. So she's been with General Dynamics for quite a long time. She left her position in the government um, as special assistant to the secretary and deputy secretary of defense. Um, so she knows the industry well. And she uh, actually went straight to General Dynamics in 2002. Uh, and then she stuck with the company, leading in multiple leadership roles all the way up now to CEO, which she was appointed to and president of General Dynamics. She was appointed to that, those two positions in 2012. Now, in recent news, General Dynamics Board of Directors approved a major addition to the company's share buyback program, authorizing the repurchase of an additional 10 million shares. I like it. Share repurchases, I absolutely love them. They push the stock price typically higher um, and actually it's just great um, that this company is buying even more back. Now, of late, General Dynamics stock has outperformed, moving over 29% to the upside on a year over year basis or a year to date basis, leading investors to wonder if the stock is a buy. Now, if we dig into the numbers, General Dynamics beat Q1 2021 estimates with an EPS of $2.48. That's better than the analyst consensus estimate of $2.30 on a year over year basis. That was a slight increase of 2.06%. So a nice improvement there, slight improvement in EPS. Now, revenues also jumped, jumping by 7.3% year over year to a better $9.4 billion. Now, if we sift through revenues, General Dynamics experienced growth amongst all four of their segments, breaking down revenues by segment. The aerospace segment delivered $11.6 billion in revenue growth on a year-over-year -year basis, bringing the segment's total revenue to $1.887 billion. Now, furthermore, below is a segment 
by segment breakdown of revenues, which I am going to read through. So the Marine Systems kicked out a 10.6% growth in revenue. The Combat Systems segment turned out 6.6% growth in revenue. And the Technology segment turned out 3.1% growth in revenue. So solid growth among all segments in, in revenues. Now, shifting in the margins, operating margin declined on an overall segment basis. With total operating margin landing at 10%, um, 0.7% lower than the Q1 2020 operating margin level. Now, as for earnings, operating earnings improved by a slim 0.4% on a year-over-year basis, bringing the total operating earnings for Q1 of 2021 to $938 million. Now, net earnings improved as well, with General Dynamics reporting a Q1 2021 net earnings level of $708 million, and that represents a solid 0.3% jump on a year-over-year basis. Now, if we shift into the backlog, and the backlog is typically very important with aerospace and defense companies, General Dynamics reported a total backlog of $89.6 billion at the end of Q1, and that's a 4.5% jump in the value of that backlog on a year-over-year basis. Now, major orders throughout just Q1 include orders from the likes of FEMA, the U.S. Army, and Navy. I love to see it. I like it when companies have a lot and get earn huge government contracts. It's always great. And typically government contracts, especially in the defense space, are very consistent. Now, management was upbeat on quote, our improved cash outlook enabled us to continue investing in the future while returning capital to shareholders. CEO Phoebe, I believe it's pronounced uh, no Novakovic said. Uh, that's definitely a tough name to pronounce here on the show. Now, shifting it into the backlog, the numbers, uh, not in the backlog, but into the balance sheet, the numbers are solid with total debt of $13.181 billion, total liabilities of $34.623 billion, total assets of $49.963 billion, and a cash short-term investments level of $1.811 billion. Now, on a valuation basis, General Dynamics does trade at a premium with a price to earnings of 17.42 times, a forward price to earnings of 15.66 times, a price to sales of 1.4 times, a price to book right around 3.5 times, and a price to cash flow around 14 times. Now, this valuation compared to much of the overall market is quite low, um, but it's really quite in line with the rest of the aerospace and defense area at the moment. Now, management has been effective with a return on equity of 22.21%, a return on assets of 6.11%, and a return on invested capital of 9.04%. Now, Given all of these numbers, given the solid earnings numbers, you know, there was a few negatives in there, but mostly great, mostly consistent, uh, minimal growth, but consistent. Um, the analysts are bullish with a mean price target of $203.4 per share, and that's roughly a 5 to 6% gain. Now, the high price target is $243 per share, and that's around a 26% upside, while the low price target is $160 per share, and that's roughly a 15% downside. Now, the big money is quite involved as well, with 82.43% of general dynamics being owned by institutions. Institutions. Top orders include Longview Asset Management, the Vanguard Group, and Newport Trust Company. Now, if you want a full technical breakdown of um, General Dynamics, go to runningwiththemoney.com and you'll literally get the full technical breakdown completely free within the breakdown itself under the analysis tab. You get every single breakdown we release here at Running With The Money, so definitely go check that out. Um, now, looking to the future, lower defense spending under a new democratic regime is an investor fear, but insofar, the spending has remained consistent. In fact, this year, I believe spending actually increased just a, a little, not it didn't increase much, but a little. Um, and our defense budget is actually nearing, in the United States, a trillion dollars. Um, so definitely plenty of area there, that, that plenty of spending there for the defense industry. 
In short, General Dynamics, ticker symbol GD, is a solid aerospace and defense company with expanding revenues, a solid management team, and a well-diversified portfolio. Thank you for listening. Of course, this was another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. But before we go, as you know, we have to check out the watch list. We have to take a look at the overall market and what is going on here. So if I pull up a one-day performance map, in fact, if you want actually a map of the overall market, grace place to go to get it completely free, finviz.com, go check it out. Um, but I take a look at the overall market today and what did I see? Well, a lot of red. The market mostly sold off. I saw real estate, utilities, basic materials, energy, industrials, the big banks, the consumer defensive names all sell off, all moving to the downside. A lot of those inflation-friendly areas. At the same time, I saw a lot of growth sell off. I saw a lot of selling in software, especially in the semiconductor space, also a lot of selling. In the communication services area, a ton of selling. In the information technology space, um, semiconductor uh basically equipment space selling and overall the entire market healthcare getting sold a lot as well. But then I saw some of the Fang stocks outperforming like the Apple and Amazon, which I like now a lot of Fang has been flat for months on months on months, seven, eight, in some cases, 12 months. Um, and I think you can buy the Fang names, especially Apple and Amazon. My two favorites. I added to them both today. So overall, what I see is a lot of inflation-friendly names presenting opportunities. As we said at the top of the show, I like inflation-friendly names for the next six months, given that the Fed is going to let inflation rise. They up their inflation expectations. They're going to let inflation run. I like it. So what do I believe happens? Well, we could get a June swoon. We could get a June sell-off. Um, in the past however many years, uh, the hundreds of years the market has been around, we have typically seen a June swoon. This could be the start of that, and this may, this Fed move could have been the catalyst. So if it does swoon, I like those inflation-friendly names. I'll be picking or adding to my positions in those or picking more up. And at the same time, I'll be looking to the big growth names such as Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Salesforce, Shopify. I'll be looking at those names also to add because I believe um, the market is starting to present a very nice uh, setup over the next six months for a lot of names. This was the Running With The Money podcast. Thank you for listening. And we will be back, of course, on Friday with another episode to talk to markets. But in the meantime, uh, go to runningwiththemoney.com, start your research um, there, and then expand on those short-form articles. Um, and also, keep on researching the companies and all the fundamentals and the technicals behind your investments. And I guarantee you, if you do those two things, if you do the homework first and then invest, your investments will be much more successful. Thank you for listening, and I will see you on Friday. 